1: story of a wonderful little girl who happens to be a genius and her wonderful teacher versus the worst parents ever and the worst school principal imaginable.
0: This is Ryan.
1: This is Ashley.
0: And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite nineties and two thousands movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards.
1: Yeah. Hi guys.
0: Welcome back.
1: This is Ashley. This is Ryan. And we're talking about movies. Yeah. Like we always do.
0: Another one from
1: nineteen ninety six. Yeah. It's a good
0: good year. It was.
1: For child cinema. Sure. So this week, we're doing the 1996 classic, Matilda, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: is a recent poll winner.
0: We don't need to talk about that.
1: Yeah, we do every week. So why would we not talk about (laughs) it, Ryan, you sore loser?
0: I was doing so well. I had won two weeks in a row. That's true. I was looking to carry on the momentum, and we got derailed.
1: (laughs) You know, I I don't know. I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, I don't, (laughs) know. You know? No.
1: Uh, But maybe it's just because people like Mara Wilson more than they like Lindsay Lohan.
0: I can't argue with that. Mara Wilson was in another one of my favorite movies from my childhood that I hope we do one day for the podcast, Mrs. Doubtfire. When I think of delightful child actors from my childhood, she ranks near the top of the list. Yeah. It's her, Macaulay Culkin. 1A and 1B.
1: I didn't know this fat you, Ryan. She was delightful. Yeah, she was good. She was a good child actress.
0: Yeah, And you bring up a valid point. People probably do like her a lot more than Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Does she act still or um, not really? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I'll
1: have to look that up. Okay. But yeah, I don't think she really acts anymore. I think she's the type that's like, fuck that business. That's what she said. At 13 years old
0: she's like fuck it and she's living off the residuals from this and Mrs. Doubtfire and Miracle on 34th Street Yeah, she doesn't need to work fuck that business
1: well I mean she can work there's things outside of Hollywood
0: when you are an actor at the age of 4 your options are to continue acting or you cease working Okay, those are your only options you didn't know that? no oh you learn something new every week
1: okay (laughs)
0: You're like, shut up, Ryan. So, yeah,
1: 1996, we talked about it a little bit last week, but go ahead and hit us with some 1996 facts. We're
0: going to get in our car and go driving down Memory Road.
1: I wonder if anybody is listening to this podcast and doesn't get that reference. Uh, uh, just in case you haven't listened to our, I think it was our 20th episode. It was a while uh, back. We did a Q&A, mm-hmm. and instead of... I don't even know what the real saying is. Memory Lane.
0: Yeah, Memory Lane, I think. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but you said, I'm going to go down Memory Memory Road.
0: Road. (laughs) It's a little rougher than Memory Lane. Uh, Memory Avenue. Yeah. This movie was released on August 2nd of 1996. It had a budget of $36 million and made $33 million. Uh, some popular TV shows from 1996 were The Single Guy, Home Improvement, and Touched by an Angel.
1: Ooh. Uh,
0: the number one song the week the movie came out was Tony Braxton, You're Making Me High. And a couple other popular songs were also Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart, and Celine Dion, Because You Loved Me. Nice.
1: Yeah. Good year for Tony Braxton.
0: Yeah, she had a very good 96. Uh, Some popular movies were The Birdcage, A Time to Kill, and Twelve Monkeys.
1: The Birdcage is another Robin Williams movie that I watched a lot as a kid.
0: I've only seen that once, I think, and you showed it to me. And I believe that was your reaction when I told you I hadn't seen it.
1: (laughs) Uh, Uh, Probably. It sounds like me. Yeah. So, what is your earliest memory of Matilda?
0: I did not see this movie in theaters, Mm -hmm. but when I was growing up, I think in fourth and fifth grade, I had the same teacher both years. She would read us all the different Roald Dahl books. So she read us The Witches and Willy Wonka, or I think it's actually Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, probably the actual novelization version, and read us Matilda. So I was a big fan of, Just the stories. And I remember seeing Witches and obviously we love the Gene Wilder version of Willy Wonka. But somehow this one passed me by. I I never saw it in theaters and I I don't think I saw it until you showed it to me maybe 10 years ago. And you were offended that I had never seen it. I probably was. Yeah.
1: That sounds like me. The one thing I remember about this movie is I didn't see it in theaters, but I remember my... One of my neighborhood friends wanted to see it, but her mom wouldn't let her. Or they, I don't know if they saw it and she like stopped or she pulled them out of the theater or something like that because she didn't like the thought of child abuse because there is not not—not even like her parents being neglectful and just shitty parents, but the principal like physically assaulting children in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, for some reason, I remember that. <laughs> um, but I remember we re- I rented this movie and watched it and really enjoyed it and the thing I always think about in this movie is uh, you know like reading Harry Potter for the first time and watching Harry Potter I-, I got like this sense of like similar writing styles because it was like this world like a magical world where she is kind of a loner in her family obviously those are her parents mm-hmm. but they don't understand her. And it's kind of like where I, I felt like when I first watched Harry Potter, in the movie, thinking like it, it reminded me, Harry reminded me of Matilda in the sense that he lived in this house where everybody else sucked.
0: Yeah. I can totally say that. Yeah. yeah, have Vernon and Anne Petunia that don't get Harry and they yeah. think, he, you know, they treat him like garbage, but he's also, like you said, magical.
1: Yeah. And he's like a sweet boy. Yeah. Very true. I kind of always compared the two in my head.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I haven't seen this movie probably since we watched it together, so I'm excited to watch it. I know there will be some interesting parts.
0: I'm looking forward to hopefully some good, well, hello there's. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Possibly.
0: Outside of just Mara Wilson. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, well, we know, like, Danny DeVito directed this movie, correct? Uh, yes. And he plays her dad, so there's at least one I remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, because... Um... When we announced we were doing this movie, our friend Santos over at the 88 miles per hour podcast messaged us a nice story about how Danny DeVito had shown the movie to Mara Wilson's mother when she was dying. so She actually got to see it uh, like probably a unfinished version of it before she passed away, which I thought was just a really cute story and something I didn't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Me either. And it it was very sad.
0: Yeah. Very sad.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Do you think this movie will hold
0: up? I'm going to say yes, because like I mentioned earlier, I think Mara Wilson was a great child actor. It's a good story that it's based on a well-written story by Roald Dahl. So I think that's going to help. And I don't really remember the movie that much, but I also, I think if it was terrible... And I was like, this movie's total crap when you showed it to me. That would have been an impression that I had, but I don't have that memory of it. And you mentioned Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito I've loved since I was like five years old and I would watch taxi reruns. Nice. So this is going to be, I'm pretty excited to watch it.
1: Me too. Um, I think it will hold up as well because I feel like, especially in our experience with this podcast is, We have watched several movies that are based on books. And I feel like those do hold up because they have like a universal message. Mm -hmm. And also this book was written way before the 90s too. So the core message of it is it's still going to be relatable. It's going to be universal like I probably just said. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think it will hold up. But I I guess we'll see. I, I did read some internet things uh, about it, not recently, but in the past about kind of seeing characters differently as you're as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how that will, reading that stuff and I'll talk about it later after we watch the movie will affect how I see certain characters. So at, without being too vague. <laughs> um, that. Also guys, we just wanted to remind you to Check out the Runers Club because we put out a new episode on Friday. Yes. Uh, Clueless. The
0: 1995 classic.
1: Clueless.
0: And it also was our figure Friday. Yes. Busted out the Cher pop figure.
1: Yeah. It's the only Clueless pop figure I have.
0: Yeah. I know they made Dion and Ty, but we did not get those.
1: They, it's on the back. I don't know if they made a, did they make a Ty? I know they made an amber.
0: Oh, I think you're right. They made Amber over Ty. Well, look. Which is weird.
1: Look on the back of that right now.
0: You are correct. They made Dion, Amber, and Cher.
1: Maybe it's because Amber is more in the sense of because she was on the TV show, but also you can make a pop figure of her and recognize that it's her, whereas I don't know if you'd be able to do that with Ty. To me, like, Ty didn't have a defined outfit I guess you could have dressed her up like when she first showed up when she was wearing like baggy cargo pants and an oversized flannel but whereas Cher's outfit is the yellow plaid mm-hmm. and it's very iconic and then Dion's is the one with the white hat
0: yeah the kind of a top boxy hat
1: yeah so I don't know I get it Amber and I think was Amber more is, stylish. In her, is her her workout outfit
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah.
1: And also we did put out the Shaun of the Dead, our first bonus show that we ever did a couple months ago for the Runers Club out on our regular feed, you know, to show you the type of content you can get with the Runers Club. Yes. And hopefully that will get you motivated to sign up because it's free.
0: Yeah. Right? And I don't think I mentioned the Figure Friday that was posted on our Instagram. I don't know that I said yeah, where did. it was. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll. You can edit this out. Okay.
1: Well, if you didn't, then I won't edit it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And also, we are having a t-shirt contest. Also, if you join the Runers Club, so there's so many benefits to joining this free club where you literally just have to sign up with your email. Yeah. You it's get super bonus easy. Odes, Yeah.
0: Membership card. Yeah. Possibility of winning a t-shirt. Yes. And we're working on more content just for the web page. Yeah. Where you have to go to our web page to sign up for the Runners Club. So while you're on the web page, you might as well sign up.
1: Sure. Yeah. Have we done everything? We talked about Matilda, talked about her memories, talked about child abuse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> where can you stream this movie?
1: You can stream it on a couple different things. Uh, it looks like it's on the DirecTV subscriptions. We need to really ask Danny about yeah. Whether these are accurate. And also, it says freeform subscriptions. Oh, okay. So if you have freeform.
0: And while you're on freeform, you might as well watch the bold type. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what uh, we're binging right now.
1: The things I can get you to watch. Yeah. It's amazing. And also, you can rent and buy it on all of the other platforms. So it's available, it's not hidden in any way. Fair enough. So (laughs) what are we doing? Recording a podcast? Uh so we'll be right back to talk about Matilda and all its glory.
0: But first we're going to hit the pausey pause. Oh, that's gotta get that in.
1: Hit the pausey pause. There we go. Okay, bye.
0: Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching Matilda and we're gonna go ahead and break down our movie with our categories.
1: Like we always do.
0: There we go. And our first category is, Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And there was some. There was some. Yeah. Uh, Who was the first one you noticed?
1: I guess we kind of talked about Danny DeVito at the beginning of this, but he does play the narrator slash Mr. Wormwood, who is Matilda's dad and he's of course from as you mentioned taxi mm-hmm. twins yep various other movies that i can't think of right now
0: uh always sunny in philadelphia yes
1: that's a tv show
0: yeah and he uh we've been been binge watching reno 911 and he was like the creator and executive producer of it i believe i think i co-created it maybe really he's on one of the episodes at the very end Oh, okay. When he talked about something and he's got a Reno nine one one hat on and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. But Why yeah, the
0: not? the biggest thing I know him from is old Louis de Palma on taxi.
1: He's been in a bunch of things. Yeah. He's Danny DeView. Yes,
0: he is. I mean he is very famous.
1: Um who was your first one?
0: My first one and was actually uh well, second one, because Louis De Palma, first one. Second one, his wife. Yes. Both in the movie and in real life, uh, Real Pearlman played Zinnia Wormwood. Yes. And the big thing that I know her from was being Carla on Cheers. Correct. And
1: she's been in a bunch of things too, but yeah. that's definitely like this movie and Cheers was the two things that I knew her from. Mm-hmm. I did see, fun fact, that one of the people that they wanted to have play uh, Mrs. Wormwood was Bette Midler. Oh, wow. Which is one of my faves, if I haven't mentioned. So, that would have been interesting. But I I do love Rhea and in this character. Yeah,
0: no, she's fantastic. She was also always one of my favorite parts on Cheers. Cheers, yeah. Yeah, for sure. She was sassy.
1: (laughs) She was sassy. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: My next one was Paul Rubens, Mm -hmm. who plays one of the FBI agents, and... He is Pee-wee Herman. Yes. So if you didn't watch Pee-wee Herman, I don't know.
0: My parents wouldn't let us watch Pee-wee Herman. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but me and my brothers, we were not allowed to watch it.
1: Was it post when he got arrested?
0: I don't know if it was before or after.
1: Maybe it was too edgy for...
0: I think that could be. And it's funny because he's always been a person that I've been very aware who he is. His episode of Reno Nine One probably the funniest one. It's
1: pretty hilarious. Yeah,
0: so I've I've always been a fan. Yeah. So, but I know.
1: when I was a kid, again with the theme of me watching sequels but mm-hmm. not really watching the first movies. When I was a kid, um, I loved Pee Wee's Big Circus. Is it Big Top Circus or
0: Big Top Circus? Sounds correct.
1: It was one of the movies that my dad had recorded, of course, and. I'd watch it so much. Chris Christopherson's in it. I can't say that right. Chris, Chris Christopherson.
0: Christopherson? <laughs> I think you're, you're, you're on the right path.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I love that movie and i would only seen the first one like once. But I've seen the circus one like 17 times.
0: I think I've seen Big Adventure. Yeah. Which is probably I think the first one. Correct. And then the other thing that I always think of... I didn't watch Family Guy when it first started. Yeah, and our friend Chad was a diehard Family Guy fan, and he would always talk about when Peter got residual money and what he did with his residual money because I believe his family was slaves. I'm sure that age as (laughs) well, and he recreates Uh. Pee Wee's Playhouse. With his money. I
1: remember that episode. And
0: there, yeah, he does the introduction to Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I've always thought it was hilarious. Just, I don't know why. Because I don't even really have the Pee Wee Herman Funhouse to associate it with. Yeah. But yeah, I always love that.
1: I'm tempted to rewatch Family Guy from the beginning because it's not something that certain jokes are not going to age well. Yeah. But I also feel like it's a show that kind of came out in this time where being offensive was funny. Yeah, like you knew exactly what you were doing, mm-hmm. and we we've seen a theme where it, being offensive is funny.
0: Yes, I think it would be still hilarious to watch. I
1: think there'd be things that I'd cringe at. I still love Seth MacFarlane, so I.
0: Well, I go with the standpoint of right now we've been binging Reno 911, and there is a lot. Of cringy jokes, a lot of racist jokes. Yes. But you know that they're made literally to be cringy, edgy jokes.
1: That's true. Like, when the characters are saying them, those characters are not good people. Yes. So, but I still think there's a fine line.
0: Yes. You know? I agree. There is a fine line. I believe I know the intentions. I've never actually sat down and talked to Thomas Lennon on what his intentions were. But, or at least I assume the intention is to be edgy, and they they know that it's racist, what yeah. they're saying. And, like you I mean, said, they're the not time, educated people. <laughs>
1: half the time they are, they'll say something racist, and then they have the two black characters just looking at them like they're going to punch the shit out of them. Yes. So, I guess in that sense they, they are self-aware, but it's still like, I, they could not get away with it. No. In 2020, no. is what I'm saying.
0: Well, we're going to find out because we're going to watch those Quibi episodes oh, yeah. one of these Let days. No, not
1: know if anybody's seen the Quibi episodes. Yeah. Does anybody watch Quibi? Because I read that article today or the other day about how they had a bunch of viewers and it's dropped significantly since the free trial ended.
0: Yeah. I would imagine 10-minute clips are perfect for like a break at work. Yeah. But... I can see why people might not be behind it. I don't know, man. I don't
1: know. know. Anyway, back to, well, hello there.
0: I'm going to bring it right back to Reno 911 with my next one. That's true. Uh, The next person for me was Tracy Walter, who Jamie Walters is who I was just thinking of. Ray Pruitt uh, from... Beverly Hills 90210, but Tracy Walter plays Paul Rubin's partner, who's also just an FBI agent. He was Sheriff Walter Kevakevich on Reno 911, amongst other things. And the other thing that I was blown away to find out, he played Bob the Goon in Batman, which means nothing to probably 99.9% of the people. But when I was a kid, they made... The Batman figures for the 1989 movie with Michael Keaton. And they made Bob the Goon's action figure. He was Joker's henchman. Mm -hmm. And And he was awesome. He had a black fedora. (laughs) He wore a black suit with a a Joker patch on it. And when you pushed his back, he did a kick. Nice. And it was fucking awesome. (laughs) And the fact that this guy played him blew my mind.
1: He also was on an episode of Veronica Mars nice yeah i I just added that because that was
0: i'm gonna keep an eye out next time we do a rewatch because we will because we love it but yeah i actually could not place him when i first saw him and you even went do you know what he's from and i was like i can't i don't know and then i was like
1: walter kevich yeah because he literally just i've been watching reno 91 yeah my next one Mm-hmm. is John Lovitz has a literal cameo Yeah, as the game show host on the TV that the Wormwoods watch obsessively. The sticky money game. Yeah. It's like... They you had
0: a, you're in a... Uh, chamber. Chamber, yeah, yeah. There's money blowing around, but you got glue on you. Yeah. A little weird. I will say, I was never a fan of John Lovitz, but I do not give him enough due after watching A League of Their Own. I right? can see why he was a lot more well-received. I know there's a lot of people that hold him in very high regard, like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey as far as SNL people. Right. And I totally get it now. Do you? I do.
1: (laughs) Who is your next one?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I had to pause the movie (laughs) when I figured out who this person was.
1: Also, you probably know who he's talking about. And side note, how does he not know this? Because he didn't watch this movie as a child.
0: I watched it once. But the fact that when I saw that Pam Ferris plays Mrs.
1: Trunchbull,
0: Trunchbull, I apologize, Mrs. Trunchbull, and I click on her Wikipedia and the first thing I see is she was Aunt Marge in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And I know all you people that have seen this movie go, yeah, Ryan, we all knew that. I didn't. I was blown away. (laughs) And the minute she started screaming and yelling, I was transported to Prisoner of Azkaban. Because, fun fact, that is my favorite Harry Potter movie. That is. And when she's... I just thought of her when she's blowing up and floating away. Yeah. And it was...
1: I remember seeing uh, Prisoner of Azkaban for the first time and going, Mrs. (laughs) Trunchbull? And then she's a bitch, too? Yeah. This lady's typecast. (laughs) She's not, but...
0: Mind blown,
1: folks. Yeah. No, this is my but this movie, Matilda's, aren't my introduction to Pam Ferris, and mm-hmm. she was a horrible human being in this movie.
0: So, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. we were like, Yeah, Ryan, why do you think I hated her? it's yeah. and that I'm like, Okay,
1: the minute I saw her face, I had flashbacks of uh, Miss Trenchville. Yeah, my next one was uh, M. Beth Davids, uh, she plays Miss Jennifer Honey. Mm-hmm. And the things that I know her from is Mansfield Park. It was a movie. Okay. It came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. No?
0: Nope. Okay. <laughs> Hard no.
1: Um, she was in Mad Men and Grey's Anatomy, amongst other things. But mostly I know her from Mansfield Park and, obviously, Matilda.
0: I looked her up because I thought she looked very familiar, but... Uh, Her last acting credit is Morning Show with Steve Carell and Uh Jennifer Aniston over on Apple TV, which we're going to have to watch one of these days, Uh, was also in Schindler's List. Okay. And she plays Mary Parker in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, plays Peter Parker's mother.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Did not know that. I was
0: like, she looks very familiar. I'm like, oh, she's been in a bunch of things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's an actress.
0: Yeah. And I... From what I understand, we're about to binge mad men. Yes. And I will see her again.
1: Yeah. Ryan's yeah. never seen more than like two episodes and
0: No. No, no.
1: There's nothing wrong with the little John Hamm, am I right?
0: I totally agree.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking of him as the Reverend and Kimmy Schmidt <laughs> and I just started laughing. Okay.
0: My next or it's yours. That's my next yeah. one. My next one is Jimmy Cars. Yes. He plays Bruce bug trotter who's one of matilda's classmates or not so much a classmate i think she he just goes to the school i don't think he's actually in her class
1: no i think he's a little older
0: yeah the big thing that i recognized him from and right away when i saw his face was he dances with julia gulia in the wedding singer (laughs) yes true barrymore's character
1: yeah i know him from this movie but the wedding singer we did it as an episode check it out but, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of credits. He only has, like, four credits for those two movies or two of them, so. Nice. Yeah. And for anybody not knowing who Bruce is, he's the kid that had to eat a huge-ass chocolate cake, yes. which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. Yes, we will. Uh, did you have anybody else?
0: I have nobody else. I just wanted to mention earlier I said, does Mara Wilson still work in Hollywood? And I looked her up, and she, a few years ago, did an episode of Broad City, Mm -hmm. and she does voice work. Uh, She did a voice for BoJack Horseman and multiple episodes of the Big Hero 6 TV show. Nice. So, yeah. I I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought I'd throw that out there.
1: Nice. Yeah. She does have a good voice. She does. I think I've seen, like, one, like, interview with her as an older person, but just as a kid
0: most eloquent speaking child in the history of cinema bar none
1: for sure i would i would like to say so yes prove us wrong guys
0: and here they come with all the this person this person dakota fanning this person i
1: mean yeah it's a good one
0: she's no mara wilson sorry folks
1: hot take i know (laughs) do you want to move on yes The next categories, kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens slash children's yeah, age. I wasn't a teen. <laughs> where we talk about fashion, offensive jokes, and dated references. What did you think of the fashion?
0: I didn't think it was terrible. I did like one of Zinnia's outfits was like this red and purple pantsuit skirt combination where the it had a red boa collar. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's an outfit."
1: All of her outfits were pretty hideous. Yeah, they're obviously the family is not supposed to be this normal family. They're they're really out there. They're criminals, mm-hmm. and she dresses quite flashy. Yes, at one point she's wearing a lime green like ensemble, and she has like a lime green scarf in her hair, matched with her bleach blonde curls. It's, it's silly.
0: I kind of got a Frenchy vibe from Greece. Okay, okay. Yeah. From I can her. see it.
1: Yeah. I just thought of that. It came like to me. Like Frenchy grew up and yeah, turned just into
0: wearing the ribbon through her hair and yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I can see that.
0: What uh, what else did you notice?
1: Um not much else. I mean, all the kids, like all the girls wore floral dresses. I had quite a few. Yes. Even Miss Honey wore very similar dresses, and Trench Bowl wore a suit. Yeah. I always thought when I was a kid, I thought she was, like, in the military because of the outfit she would wear to school.
0: she is very intense, like yeah. you would expect from a drill sergeant. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed at one point she was just wearing an Olympics 1972 shirt.
1: Yeah, and she liked to shot put, which... I did when I was a freshman in high school because my brother forced me to join the track team Mm -hmm. because they didn't have enough female throwers and for shot put especially. And I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) He made us run so much. And I'm like, but I'm just throwing things. Why do I need to run?
0: (laughs) I was also a thrower uh, junior year. Uh I just did discus and shot put, which was kind of silly that I waited to junior year because my brother was also a thrower. Yeah. And... He had just graduated the year before, so I could have done track with him. I did it as a freshman, and I was a runner. Yeah. But, yeah, I did shot put and discus. And they would do the weight man relay sometimes, where it would be the throwers doing, like, a 100-meter dash relay at Uh the end of a track meet. They never did it when I was a thrower. Really? Yeah, they did it when, like, my brothers, because it's big guys doing a 100-meter dash, and then... Like, there was a couple guys that were my size, so we would have won hands down.
1: Right. Now you're just being prejudiced against big people and saying they can't be fast.
0: No, because your brother can run just as fast as I can.
1: Yeah, he can. Suck it, Ryan. I will not. No, I I never got, like, why we, like, our coach made us run so much. Because I was like, literally, I don't have to move them. No.
0: Yeah, we did a... We did a ton of running when I, I was a thrower. Running. Yeah. I hate
1: running. That's why I quit so many sports because I was like, I was in volleyball and I never understood why we had to run as much. There's movement. To me, it's not the same as basketball where you're constantly moving. Yeah, I agree. I'm just not the athletic type.
0: I felt like I the same way about football because obviously there's different positions in football and some of them would require people to be running a lot. Yeah. Linemen... Not so much. Right. And they would make the linemen do just as much running as a wide receiver.
1: I know it's to build up your endurance, but mm-hmm. its uh, I never got it, and I was not a big athletic person.
0: No, me neither.
1: But, anywho, that was high school athletics with Ashley and Ryan. <laughs> what about offensive jokes or dated references?
0: I didn't really have any offensive jokes, but the Wormwoods house was one gigantic dated reference. Yeah. Uh, it was very, but it was, in hindsight, it's really cool and retroy. But at the same time, they did have lamps that had the fringe around the shades and just their house. Like some of the wallpapering and carpet colors were a little. Yeah.
1: yeah. They were, I mean, they made a note to say in the beginning of the movie that they lived in a really nice neighborhood. They had a nice house, but on the inside, it definitely looked a little dated. Yeah. But also not like super trashed or anything like that. No, it was
0: very clean. I did like a lot of the scenes when they were doing family time, which was watching TV as a family. They had TV tables. Yeah. Yeah. We had those as kids.
1: We ate in front of the TV a lot, but we had a huge coffee table we all sat around And only occasionally would my mom be like, we need to eat at the dining table. Yeah. We're like, what?
0: It's just funny because I think about now, I've eaten dinner at your parents' house hundreds of times probably, and I've never eaten at a coffee table. Yeah. They've changed. They have. Yeah.
1: We eat at a coffee table. We do it all the time. (laughs) You know, you pick up your parents' habits.
0: Yeah. Did you have any dated references or offensive jokes?
1: I mean, it's a kid's movie. Everything that came out of Miss Trenchpole's mouth was super offensive in a way. Not like they weren't making like racist jokes or it was just offensive to children. Yeah. You know, it was just her insulting children all day. Everything that came out of her mouth.
0: I did have a bit of a flashback. I felt like they used the word twit as an insult in the movie a lot. And I want to say witches does the same thing. They use twit a lot. Okay. So it kind of, that took me back to being in fourth grade and my teacher reading those books to us.
1: That movie scared me so much.
0: Oh, that movie's fucked up.
1: Um, the only other thing I had in this area mm-hmm. was just at one point, Matilda and Miss Honey break into Mrs. Miss Honey's house, mm-hmm. which uh, Miss Trunchbull lives in. I keep saying Misses; they They're both Miss. Because she's turns out to be her aunt. And there's a portrait of her. And Matilda's like, whoever painted this must have had a strong stomach. Like, she's some sort of really hideous creature. And I'm like, she's not great looking. But it's not like she has, like, ten eyes on her forehead.
0: Yeah, she's just a person.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It's probably the most insulting thing. Yeah. Out of this whole movie, other than whatever came out of Mrs. Trunchbull's Miss Trunchbull's mouth. Yeah.
0: Just like you wanted her to get married apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> sure. Do you want to move on?
0: Yes. Our next category, we're going to go ahead and get our camcorder out with some full-size VHSs to do some videotaping. And talk about some technology.
1: That was the FBI agents, right? Yep. It's funny to me because they're not very covert. No. At surveilling Mr. Wormwood. I can't say Wormwood. Yeah. And Matilda says several times there's cops outside. And of course, her dad's just like, you're an idiot.
0: What did they say they were? Like boat
1: salesmen? Speed boat salesmen. Yeah.
0: I agree with you. They were not very covert. They had a portable TV that they were watching at one point. A lot of their equipment was huge. Yeah. They had a camera with a massive lens. They were kind of just a bad technology category in themselves, the FBI agents. Yeah.
1: But it was in the 90s. Yeah. You know? I agree. The only thing I noticed in this category was in the scene where Matilda's putting peroxide into. Her dad's hair oil, mm-hmm. his alarm clock goes off, and it's just this analog alarm clock that has dice all over it. It's so, <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. But amazing at the same time. It was pretty hideous. Something you would see in like a Las Vegas uh, tourist shop. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. Or any movie set in Las Vegas in the 60s. Yes.
1: Yeah. For sure.
0: The only other thing that I noticed. That was kind of technology. They didn't even use this phone. There was a couple other phones that they used. There was a corded one and a cordless telephone. Mm -hmm. But the Wormwoods had this real fancy gold corded phone like in their living room. Oh, It reminded me of something from like the 60s. It was super nice looking.
1: I think a lot of their stuff was probably from the 60s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very true.
1: Because I feel like most of the plot happened at the school, I would say. Yeah. It there wasn't tons of technology.
0: No. I did have a little flashback when they showed her classroom and the kids had the name tags on the front of their desks.
1: Yeah. And, and they had the desks that uh were just basically cubbies, not the ones that lifted up. Yeah. Yeah. And I hated the cubby ones because it was hard to organize them.
0: It the cubby one actually made me keep my desk cleaner oh. for that exact reason. It was very hard to find stuff if it wasn't clean. When I had the flip-top one, I would just throw stuff in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was a messy desk person anyway, but I tried to keep it clean.
0: I tried. Some year, I, I felt like in high school, and not high school, but middle school, I was very good about it, but childhood, terrible.
1: You had, like, desks in middle school?
0: In, like, 7th and 8th grade, we still had a desk in our homeroom where we could keep our stuff in there. We They would just turn them around. So the cubby faced out, so people couldn't go through your stuff.
1: Oh, we didn't have desks in junior high. We had lockers, like big children.
0: Did not have lockers till Mm. I was in high school.
1: And I went to a shittier school than you did.
0: Yeah. Well, then when I got to high school, we probably had 700 lockers for 2,500 students.
1: Oh. (laughs) Well, we had to share lockers. Oh. Even when I was a senior.
0: Another great tangent.
1: (laughs) Did you have anything else in this category? I did want to talk about the soundtrack in the sense that the Rusted Root song, which whenever I hear that song, it's like the song at the beginning when she's like making her breakfast.
0: It's like, on the way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was, I think it was on an episode of New Girl, and I immediately thought of Matilda.
0: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I've always heard that song and... And now I'll probably always associate with Matilda because yeah. I played it a couple times, I think, in this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, those pancakes that she made. So delicious. They were spot on pancakes. I could train a six-year-old to make pancakes like that, parenting goals, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Just got to neglect them yeah. and leave them home alone. So I think can... this movie teaches you that you should leave your child home alone for hours at a time and they'll teach themselves how to cook and walk to a library and read and become super smart yeah yeah touche i think
0: we just figured out our parenting plan <laughs> boom we're kidding guys yes. by the way yeah
1: um do you want to move on yes the next category is called is it even good where we talk about the plot the plot holes and the funniest and cringiest moments of the movie. What did you think about the plot?
0: I'm sure there's plenty of kids that felt like it was believable as far as like their parents neglect them and they have to go to a school where it's a horrible teacher.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just normal life.
0: Uh, One part of the plot, like just a very minor plot point that I thought was funny was Matilda's parents are super concerned about porch pirates stealing packages from outside their home
1: well because they're stolen goods
0: yeah but i just thought it was funny i'm like well we still have that issue nowadays but these people 25 years ago are super concerned about it
1: i think that was a lie he was saying that he was concerned about it but he was more concerned about the fbi finding stolen goods on his front porch
0: okay but that makes n- more sense <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just my take on it yeah yeah, I mean, it's it's a good plot. It's a child's movie, so it's not going to be centered in reality, and we shouldn't judge it by centering on reality at all.
0: Having just watched it, I really see the similarities, like you were talking about, the parallels between this and Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't have anything against the plot. Did you have any plot holes? The only thing that I really had was... When the Wormwoods are ready to bail out of town at the very end, and Matilda whips out adoption papers that she's been carrying around since she was, I think, four. Right. They were so quick to sign them, which I'm like, I know they're shitty parents, but the fact that a parent would just be like, yeah, we got to get out of town, and you want to stay here? Okay, here you go.
1: But at one point, her dad did call her a mistake, so. Okay, they're, they definitely had a favorite, and it was her older brother, Michael. Yeah. I don't know why. He was useless. But they're dumb. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I did like that she had an adoption paper ready to go, because if she's had it since she was four, this is before she met Miss Honey and thinking, like, I want this to be my mom. So was she... W- gonna just find the most reasonable person and be like can you adopt me i have the papers right here
0: (laughs) she had a foot out the door yeah she's like i'm getting out of this shit
1: i i questioned why the wormwoods never had any sort of child services called on them they live in a pretty nice neighborhood where there has to be at least one nosy neighbor right yeah it's like oh they leave their four-year-old child at home
0: and we see her at one point she pulls a wagon Yeah. To the library. How come the librarian didn't call the cops about like... That's true. This little girl comes in here every single day and she's not destructive. She's just here reading books. But where's her parent? That's very true. Multiple
1: adults have failed Matilda through her life. Yeah. That she latches on to the very first one that gives her any sort of positive reinforcement.
0: (laughs) Very true. (laughs) She's like this one's for me.
1: I wonder what Miss. Trunchbull's motives are in running a school, and she clearly hates children. Other than she likes to abuse children,
0: you gotta wonder if that's the whole thought behind it. Yeah, because she is awful to children.
1: I I feel like she'd be so much happier if she didn't surround herself with children. Maybe you know, surround herself with chocolate and shot puts
0: Didn't did you ever have a teacher like that though when you were growing up? Where you're like, why are you a teacher?
1: Yes. My sixth grade teacher specifically was a horrid, horrid person. Yeah. I say that thinking back now, she probably wasn't that bad and we did have some good times. But coming off the teacher I had in fifth grade who was the best and getting her, I remember I ran home and cried because they always announced whose class we're going to be in the last day of school. Mm -hmm. And I remember I ran home and I literally cried. Because I got the mean teacher. Wow. And she wasn't that bad. We had dance parties. I mean, yeah, she told me I was dirty one time because I didn't wash my hair. And by I didn't, I did wash my hair. There was just glitter in my hair. And fun fact, they banned glitter when I was in sixth grade because it was distracting. (laughs) Too many girls were wearing it. it. It became a whole thing.
0: The thing that I had happen was when I was in first grade... My teacher's last name started with a K. It was Miss Cavalette's. Mm-hmm. So I'm going into first grade. I go up to school and I see who my teacher's going to be. Like, I think they posted the schedule like the day before school. You could go up and see it. And I went home and I was looking through my brother's old yearbooks. Mm-hmm. And there was a teacher whose last name started with a K. And I looked at her class, and every kid in, this, in their picture, Looked like the most miserable person and she looked like this real mean old lady. So I assumed that that was my teacher because, like I said, can't read at that point. Right. Go into school. This lady couldn't have been nicer. She was just a nice old lady. It was not the same person, for one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, poor reading and I just assumed. Six years old, folks. That's what I was doing. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have this lady. She's going to be so mean. Nope. Nice lady. Anyway,
1: that was talking about, I that, don't even know. <laughs> that
0: was Tangents with Ryan and Ashley. We
1: headed to Tangents City, <laughs> yeah. as I like to say in our show notes. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other plot holes or what was your funniest liner moment?
0: I had a couple. Um, they both centered around Mr. Wormwood. I did like when he comes home and he finds his wife just entertaining the FBI agents. Yeah. And he calls them like surfer dude bodybuilders.
1: They're clearly and,
0: FBI agents. And again, we are talking about Pee Wee Herman and Sheriff Kavikevich. Yeah. They are not bodybuilders by any stretch. So That's This true. is funny. What was yours? Um, I had a
1: couple, but I think the one line that made me chuckle was at the very end when Miss Honey and Matilda are on the porch having tea because they'd run Miss Miss Trunchbull out of the house and out of the school and everything was great. And her parents speed up the driveway and they're like, we got we to beat the speedboat salesman to the airport. <laughs> I just like how they still call them speedboat salesmen <laughs> when they were clearly the yeah. FBI. But... I think a lot of the lines that Mr. Wormwood said were pretty funny.
0: I, I liked the other one that I had was when Miss Honey comes to their to their house and he answers the door and he's like, we don't give money, we don't give charity, we don't buy raffle tickets. And he starts to close the door. Yeah. And I was thinking, I'm going to do that the next time I answer the door was my thought process. But I've already had to answer our front door since we watched this movie. And it was like a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. So I would have just looked like an asshole if I said that to her.
1: And there's nothing wrong with just not answering your door like I do. Yeah. No. <laughs> My other one was just when Matilda does the math at the beginning. hmm And he's like, you're a cheat. And he's like, you looked at the paper. And she's like, from way over <laughs> here. And I just always loved when she had that attitude because I was just like, good for you. Yeah. Touché,
0: Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> Touché.
1: And then he did not like that.
0: No. Uh, she's a sassy little one.
1: Yeah, she is.
0: But you know what? I think about the other big movies I know Mara Wilson from, her character's always sassy.
1: She pulls it off. Yeah. That there's a reason she was she was the it child for a while.
0: Yeah, for a good three or four years there, she was the go to.
1: She was definitely like somebody I remember just seeing so many times and going, Man, this girl's in everything. Yeah. And she's probably only in, like, four movies Four movies that I saw. Yeah. But what was your cringiest liner moment?
0: Anything involving Miss Trunchbull, but specifically her grabbing a child by her pigtails and hammer-throwing her. And for a second, like, she spins this girl around, let's go, hammer-throw style. The little girl's flying, and you see a, Rod iron fence with points on the top of it i was like oh my god this child's gonna get impaled yes in a
1: darker movie for
0: sure scary shit
1: <laughs> that's that's the thing that i do remember i talked about how my friend's mom didn't want her watching this movie because of the violence towards children and i remember watching and i'm like okay well, she, she has a point you know <laughs> she, she might be onto something it's a little, it's a little aggressive um Mine was just the whole cake eating scene. Because <laughs> just watching it today. I was like, that cake looks delicious. Like uh, the piece yeah. that he eats. The first piece he eats. I was like, chocolate cake sounds delicious. And then two minutes later, I was like, never mind. I never want chocolate cake again. Because first of all, he has to eat it. And then they get really close up in his face about it. And I'm not a big fan of people's mouths when they're eating. I don't like looking at people's mouths. You know? No.
0: I agree with you on the the cake looked delicious. Yes. But then the other thing when they bring out the whole thing and you're like you have to eat all of this, I immediately thought of Troy Barnes on Community <laughs> when he's eating the gigantic <laughs> chocolate chip cookie and he's like, "Oh, my stomach hurts." I guess too much of a good thing can be bad. Yeah. Like, he immediately like and I was like, "Oh, that kid's probably thinking the same thing." He's like, "Too much of this cake can be like, bad."
1: You think? (laughs) Uh, And then I also liked in that scene where Trunchbull was like, her blood, sweat, and tears went into this cake. And it was like this old crotchety lady and she was like sniffling and I'm like, ew. (laughs) Ew. That's not sanitary.
0: Gross.
1: Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about?
0: I I had a couple. I want to just say Miss Trunchbull would have made an amazing Batman villain. Sure. Because I felt like, you know, Two-Face, he flips a coin. Mr. Freeze has like a freeze ray gun. She could have like ran around with a shot put in a javelin. Hmm. That's a good Batman
1: villain. She can throw small children. Yeah. Very, very easily.
0: That would be dark. All of a sudden Batman's like chasing after and She's just chucking toddlers.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) I did want to note... The, just the B plot of Miss Honey's childhood was super dark. Yeah. That her mom passed away and then her aunt moved in and then her dad mysteriously died. Possibly committed suicide. AKA Miss Trenchpole killed him. Killed him. Yeah. That's dark. And then she broke her arm at one point because they mention it later. Yeah. Shit was dark. These were children's books. (laughs) I know. You know? I I don't even know what to say.
0: I noted that. I was like, this is really dark. I like that Matilda, when she's learning to harness her powers, the first thing she does is use it to feed herself cereal without using her hands.
1: (laughs) I mean, I would do the same thing.
0: That would be the first thing you did? Yeah. You did like cereal, so yeah, I guess, okay. I
1: miss cereal. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would definitely do something similar, or how she danced around and just moved shit. That sounds fun.
0: I would move stuff, yeah, for sure. Even if it was just picking up a pen. That's her
1: only power, bud.
0: I know, but I would be, that's, I would just be like, I can move this toy, and there it goes. And just for, so we're clear, I just looked at the wall and squinted like it was going to move the yeah. item.
1: He went to the Mara Wilson acting yeah. psychic ability like- acting class. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to note that I felt like this could have easily been a supervillain origin story if it wasn't for Miss Honey intervening and giving her a good adult role model because she is very black and white at first yeah like when her dad mentions that when people are bad they must be punished and she took that as i can punish you for being an asshole to me i mean all she did at that point was dye his hair and then glue his hat to his head but when she had psychic abilities that could have been a recipe for disaster i'm surprised she didn't murder trunchbull that's a
0: good point. Right? Yeah. Think about it. Thank God for Miss Honey.
1: Yeah. Because her first her first major thing that she did when she found out she had telepathic abilities was to go to Miss Trenchwell's house, scare the shit out of her, and also <laughs> steal some chocolate and Miss Honey's doll. Yeah. But yeah, think about
0: it. That could have been real dark. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got one more, and it's not nearly as dark. After Matilda and Miss Honey have... Moved in together. she They have rollerblades on and they're rollerblading on carpeting in right. their living room. And I was like, who the fuck rollerblades on carpet? But then I thought about Terry on Reno 911 rollerblading on grass the other day. <laughs> and even the two cops when he's like taking off, they're like, I've never seen somebody rollerblade on grass before. He deserves to get away.
1: <laughs> it's really hard. I yeah. hated when I was a kid, I was really into rollerblading for mm-hmm. a hot minute we moved from basically a city to a more rural area and my driveway and streets were no longer paved. They were dirt. Yeah. And trying to rollerblade on that, I did try. Yeah. Luckily, we had a three car garage and when we first moved in, we didn't have a lot of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So I literally just rollerblade in circles in the garage.
0: I did it in the garage because mm-hmm. the cement in the garage was really smooth. Uh huh. Whereas the sidewalk cement, like you had the control joints every four feet, so those I didn't like that. But then also, I would go to my aunt's house when I was a kid and spend the night, and they had this massive unfinished basement, so it was just clear open, and it was huge. Yeah. Me and my brothers would rollerblade just laps around there. It might as well have been a skating rink.
1: That's awesome. It was awesome. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I have good memories of rollerblading in her basement.
1: I remember when I had like my first surgery on my leg after that, trying to go ice skating and rollerblading, and I couldn't anymore. And it was really sucky. Yeah. And I haven't done it since.
0: I was always fascinated that I could rollerblade, but I could not roller skate.
1: It's different.
0: Yeah. It's weird. I was a good rollerblader.
1: You think that if you were good at rollerblading that you would at least be okay on roller skating, but it's not true.
0: Yeah. I, you couldn't pay me to roller skate, but if you were like, hey, Ryan, let's go rollerblade right now, I'd be like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Probably fall down a few times, but...
1: I'd like to try again. Yeah.
0: Good This talk. is Ryan and Ashley just decided to buy some rollerblades.
1: <laughs> just just add something to the garage <laughs> that's going to collect dust in a month.
0: Booyah!
1: Uh... Did you have anything else? I did not. Should we move on to our final thoughts?
0: Yes. As always, it's award season here on Ruining Our Childhood. We give two awards out every week. The first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did
1: you give your award to? I went back and forth. There was a couple of children...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That weren't super great. But I did end up giving it to Michael, who plays her brother, Brian
0: Levinson. Uh, Levinson
1: mm-hmm. Which, fun fact, one of his other movie credits is North, the Elijah Wood movie that you've never seen. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> um, he was just pointless. Like, he didn't even have a strong personality like her parents did. Yeah. And he only had one insult.
0: I gave it to the same person. Okay. And I thought the same exact thing. I didn't think he brought anything to the movie. Right. Other than yeah, he's the he had his one insult that he would throw at her over life of I me. Mean, I can't remember what it's it is.
1: Dip face.
0: Dip face.
1: Dip face. Okay. What?
0: And I felt like Rhea Pearlman was good and Danny DeVito. Like all these people were really good. And here's this literally one note character. Yeah. I I wonder If maybe Michael has a bigger part in the books. In the Or in the book.
1: Possibly. Yeah. Because I thought he was... It's been a
0: really long time. I thought he was very pointless in this.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know why I paused like I didn't agree. I was the one that started this. It was my idea. Yeah. You just copied me.
0: Nope. I have notes.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I agree. I didn't even really have a lot of notes on why he was bad. I just... I almost gave it to the little girl that uh, trench ball swung around because I thought I don't know
0: she's a little robotic in her line delivery. Yeah, but yeah. then I
1: felt bad because she got thrown around. So
0: she almost got impaled on a fence.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised her braids didn't get ripped out of her head. Logistically, that's probably what would happen. Yeah. This movie again would get a lot darker than it already yeah. is.
0: And a child got their hair ripped out
1: by a principal. Also, yeah. I'm sorry. Are we to assume that all of these children's parents that sent them to the school are exactly like Mr. Wormwood and Mrs. Wormwood, where they could give a fuck about their kids? Good question. I mean, they kind of addressed it when um, the one older girl talks to them, and she's like, my parents wouldn't believe me if I told told them I was being abused at school. Wow. And you're like, shitty parents. Shitty. Again, the theme of this week, so it fits. There you go there you go do you want to do the next award yeah and by you i mean me yes i just was trying to ask if you wanted to move on (laughs) the next award is the thomas j hanks award for exceptional acting who did you give your award to
0: i went back and forth between mara wilson and danny devito and i settled on mara wilson because she has to carry more of the movie than uh mr devito had to But we talked about earlier, she has very good line delivery. And she was um, just delightful.
1: I agree. I also gave it to her. And one of the main reasons I gave it to her was because I don't know if I could imagine any other child star at the time being able to pull off such an eloquent character for her age. Yeah. Because she's supposed to be this very well-read child. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mara Wilson was able to do that yeah i'm not saying that there wasn't wouldn't be anybody but i just to me that's the person i would think
0: i agree with you because at that point she was like the quintessential child actor yeah i mean if they had waited a few years i could have made this movie with dakota fanning you know seven or eight years later right but at this time yeah she was and- the go-to
1: I did read early on that one of the people they wanted to get, or one of the peoples, is Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Uh, they were taping It Takes Two. Ooh. Yeah, which we were just talking about.
0: That that will be done at some point yeah. on this podcast. Some goot Some, some Gutenberg. Goots.
1: Which I could definitely see them pulling it off because they're amazing. Or they were amazing. I think... They're still alive. They just don't act. <laughs> I made it sound like they're dead.
0: I'm going to go ahead and say I think Mara Wilson was a better actor.
1: Okay.
0: Hot okay, take.
1: Ryan, Hot Ryan take. okay. Yeah. Who was multimillionaires?
0: Who quit acting when she was 12.
1: That's true. Multimedia empire, Ryan.
0: And that they lucked out and they got cast when they were like one.
1: How dare you? Yeah, I went there. How dare you?
0: There's a reason the Olsen twins don't act anymore. Because they can't. Oh,
1: I think Mary Kate's a decent actress. and she, the,
0: Whichever one was on Weeds was good.
1: That's Mary Kate. Okay. Anyway, I almost gave mine to Pam Ferris because I just thought that this character, it, it just really, she was amazing. She was scary. I remember being literally scared of this woman when I was a child mm-hmm. and being afraid that I was going to have a teacher like her.
0: I, I can't argue with that. She yeah. was very good in this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I do have a question for you. Sure. Who's worse, Trunchbull or Umbridge?
0: Wow. <laughs> Umbridge.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree. I feel like...
0: I think Umbridge, if she could have got away with murdering a child, she would have.
1: Oh, I'm sure she probably did. Yeah. You didn't know about it because she wasn't... Uh, Trunchbull was open with her violence.
0: Correct. Whereas... She owned her bitchiness. Umbridge was a fake-ass bitch. <laughs>
1: She tried to hide that about herself. She was that person that was like, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad person just yeah. because I want to cleanse the world of mud floods, I'm not a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was She was definitely worse, but I just thought... That was a
0: good question. Yeah, thank you. Our friend Taylor is going to love that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I it. I did have some trivia.
0: Ooh, hit me with it.
1: So I already said the Mary Kane and Ashley one, so... But another person that was auditioned for the role and actually turned it down, allegedly, was Mirschka Hargitay for Miss Honey.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah.
1: And I did also see that they are... And I knew this, but I kind of forgot about it because it... I don't know. It just seems like the... I don't know what's going to be made and when it's going to be made these days. But Netflix bought a lot of the uh, Roald Dahl properties and they are making a Matilda TV show or movie? Okay. And, But more based on the Broadway play. Okay. And Ralph Fiennes is attached to play Miss Trunchbull because apparently in the play they have a man play
0: her. Some might even say it's Rafe Fiennes. What did I say? You said Ralph.
1: I say Ralph (laughs) because it's spelled Ralph. (laughs) My brain just, yeah.
0: Bringing it back to Harry Potter. Yeah, Voldemort. Voldemort.
1: Yeah, so we'll see if that happens and when it will happen. Moving along.
0: Did this movie hold up to your adult standards?
1: I think it did. I think it's still really enjoyable to watch. And aside from the blatant child abuse, Mm -hmm. it's a good movie. You're signing yourself up for it, too, by the way. Like, you know it's going to happen. So, I think it held up in that sense. And also because it didn't rely too heavily on saying it's like 1996 and these are all the things... And here's the fashion and here's the music, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree 100%. It was a really good movie. It was actually hard to come up with a bad actor for me. Right. And yeah, just a a decent movie. Right. No problems. And like you said, we kind of went into it going like, there's going to be blatant child abuse. You know what's coming, folks. I don't know if I'd show this to a child, though. Like a young child. And still fearing them, Ashley. Come on. I don't know. I'm joking.
1: It was a different time. It was. You know? So, yeah. We agree. Matilda. Holds up. A plus plus. That was really loud. I'm sorry. Holds up. Yeah, you don't have to yell. I'm right here, bud.
0: I took it back. I I rolled it back.
1: (laughs) So thanks for listening, guys. Is there anything we want to say?
0: What are our movies for next week's poll?
1: Let me find out. (laughs) Next week's poll is brought to you by Vacationing. Do you remember when we used to go on vacations?
0: Those were the days.
1: The choices are Euro trip mm-hmm. and road trip. Ooh. So some would say these are trip related. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, I used to think those were sequels, by the way. Just really? Just because they have the word trip in them. <laughs> like, think of all the movies that you could think are sequels because they have some wor- similar words in them.
0: And then college road trip with raven simone was that you were thinking the third one in the trilogy <laughs> no. uh,
1: but i did watch that movie mm-hmm. um who are you gonna throw your hat behind
0: i'm gonna throw mine behind road trip because if i'm correct it's the first dvd i ever bought interesting yeah interesting Saw it in theaters yeah love that movie
1: i will say euro trip holds a bigger part in my life. Okay. As far as liking the movie, I definitely watched it more. Mm-hmm. It came out the year I graduated high school. So I felt like, you know, the characters were graduating high school. I graduated high school. So it was like...
0: I can understand They that. were
1: me and I was them.
0: Yeah. I love that movie. And I would, just, I would say I've seen it more as well. But I'm still going with the nostalgia of Road Trip.
1: I, I'm not quite sure if I had to like throw a bet as far as, like, which one would be better for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think they're both going to be pretty horrible. (laughs) But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what everybody chooses. Hopefully road trip. Or hopefully Euro trip. (laughs) Well, those are their only options. Yeah. Don't... You can't choose a third option. There's no... There's... I mean, I guess you could write in the comments if there's another trip-related movie that you loved... Obviously, any National Lampoon would be perfect. Very true. Vegas vacation.
0: Oh, love that movie.
1: But anyway.
0: So that'll be up on Wednesday Correct. over on Facebook and Twitter. And then we will put it up on Friday over on Instagram. Correct. So get out there and vote.
1: It's nice when we see people vote and care. For sure. <laughs> anyway.
0: And join the Runers Club.
1: Why haven't you joined the Runners Club? You could win a free t-shirt.
0: And that, why haven't you joined, is directed directly at Danny, my brother. Yeah. Has not joined it, folks.
1: By the way, I know his email address. I can just send him up myself. Yeah, that's but true. But it's the principle
0: of the matter. Why haven't you joined, Daniel?
1: When you said Daniel, it's very confusing. We know multiple Dannys, that's... Daniels.
0: Okay, well, when growing up, when he misbehaved... He got called daniel
1: <laughs> uh, are you still talking about no I'm just uh, anyway right. good way to end the podcast guys we'll see you later
0: we'll see you guys next week okay bye. Bye. we
1: won't see you because you'll just hear us talk. you'll hear us next week okay bye